Welcome back, everybody. This is actually, legitimately, and it will be confirmed by Allison, the last day of Allison and I reading together. This is finally true. Yeah. 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 It's not, so lots good. of stuff going on. Chip took a quick trip out east, and four days ago, three days ago, today's Thursday. Today's Wednesday. I know this because no, I have today's not. today's Thursday on there. Oh. Today's Wednesday in real life. Tomorrow is Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving in real life. But on the podcast, it's a week from Thanksgiving. Right. Yes, Thanksgiving was a week ago, which means stop eating those leftovers. You're going to make yourself sick. But Monday, I had surgery. So yeah. we read ahead just in case. And so now, if I'm not here to read with Chip tomorrow, it's going to be Chip and Allison read through the Bible, which objectively will be far better than Allison well, and Eric reading through the Bible. Well, I think he's much easier on me he's a little nicer to me i'm nice no my middle my daughter guys listen my middle child was listening to eric and i read through the bible and laughing hysterically and saying he's so mean to you and i'm not sure which bothers me more yeah the fact that you're mean to me or the fact that my child thinks it's funny well here's the thing the whole point of having a middle child is to not listen to them <laughs> so everything you just said is null and void i'm a middle child i would agree with that bingo yep I'm the youngest, if you can't tell. Oh, I can tell. Yep. <laughs> I can tell. And speaking of Eric being the youngest, yeah. this is day 334, Woo! and we will be reading Mark 11 through Mark 13. I also think today is the last day of November. It is. You're so right. So pretty cool, guys. We're in the last month of Bible oh, reading my goodness. for the year. Oh, my goodness. Pretty amazing. That's, we're so close. Yeah. Almost Remember there. when you used to say, it's day two, we're almost there. We're, and doesn't it feel like it was yesterday? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're almost there. We're almost done. Yeah. Now you can actually say that. No, you but won't. I won't. I won't now. You won't, but you could. I will in a month. Okay. Okay. When we're back to January. With Chip and Eric and friends. How did the first part go? Come to the place where the fun never ends. It's Chip and Eric and friends. Bam! Like it's got to be the guitar. Got the it, yeah, 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 yeah. The Phineas and Ferb thing. Phineas and Ferb, that's where yeah. I was. Okay. As Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, they came to the towns of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. Jesus sent two of them on ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them. As soon as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, what are you doing? Just say, the Lord's need it. The Lord needs it, and it and we'll return it soon. The two disciples left and found a colt standing in the street, tied outside the front door. As they were untying it, some bystanders demanded, What are you doing untying that colt? They said what Jesus had told them to say, and they were permitted to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it, and he sat on it. Many in the crowd spread their garments on the road ahead of him, and others spread leafy branches they had cut in the fields. Jesus was in the center of the procession, and the people all around him were shouting, Praise God! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Praise God in the highest heaven. So Jesus came to Jerusalem and went into the temple. After looking around carefully at everything, he left because it was late in the afternoon. Then he returned to Bethany with the twelve disciples. The next morning as they were leaving <clears throat> Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf and a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs. But there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Then Jesus said to the tree, May no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. When they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people, buying and selling animals for sacrifices. He knocked over the tables of money changers and the chairs of those selling doves. 
and he stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace. He said to them, The scriptures declare, My temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. When the leading priests and teachers of religious law heard what Jesus had done, they began planning how to kill him. But they were afraid of him because the people were so amazed at his teaching. That evening, Jesus and the disciples left the city. The next morning, as they passed by the fig tree he had cursed, the disciples noticed that it had withered from the roots up. Peter remembered what Jesus had said to the tree the previous day and exclaimed, Look, Rabbi, the fig tree you cursed has withered and died. Then Jesus said to the disciples, Have faith in God. I tell you the truth. You can say this to a mountain. May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you've received it, it will be yours. But when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are you are holding a grudge against, so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. Again, they entered Jerusalem. As Jesus was walking through the temple area, the leading priests, the teachers of religious law, and the elders came up to him. They demanded, by what authority are you doing all these things? Who gave you the right to do them? I'll tell you by what authority I do these things if you answer one question, Jesus replied. Did John's authority to baptize come from heaven, or was it merely human? Answer me. They talked it over among themselves. If we say it was from heaven, he will ask why we didn't believe John. But if we, but do we dare say it was merely human? For they were afraid of what the people would do, because everyone believed that John was a prophet. So finally they replied, we don't know. And Jesus responded, then I won't tell you by what authority I do these things. Then Jesus began teaching them with stories. A man planted a vineyard. He built a wall around it, dug a pit for pressing out grape juice, and built a lookout tower. Then he leased the vineyard to tenant farmers and moved to another country. At the time of the grape harvest, he sent one of the servants to collect his share of the crop. But the farmers grabbed his servant, beat him up, and sent him back empty-handed. The owner then sent another servant, but they insulted him and beat him over the head. The next servant he sent was killed. Others he sent were either beaten or killed until there was only one left his son, whom he loved dearly. The owner finally sent him, thinking, surely they will respect my son. But the tenant farmers said to one another, here comes the heir to the estate. Let's kill him and get the estate for ourselves. So they grabbed him and murdered him and threw his body out of the vineyard. What do you suppose the owner of the vineyard will do? Jesus asked. I'll tell you, he will come and kill those farmers and lease the vineyard to others. Didn't you ever read this in scriptures? The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing, and it was it is wonderful to see. The religious leaders wanted to arrest Jesus because they realized he was telling the story against them. They were the wicked farmers, but they were afraid of the crowd, so they left him and went away. Later, the leaders sent some Pharisees and supporters of Herod to trap Jesus into saying something for which he could be arrested. Teacher, they said, we know how honest you are. You are impartial and don't play favorites. You teach the way of God truthfully. Now tell us, is it right to pay taxes to Caesar or not? Should we pay them or shouldn't we? Jesus saw through their hypocrisy and said, Why are you trying to trap me? Show me a Roman coin and I'll tell you. When they handed it to him, he said, Whose picture and title are stamped on it? Caesar's, they replied. Well then, Jesus said, Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. His reply completely amazed them. Then Jesus was approached by some Sadducees, religious leaders who say there is no resurrection from the dead. They posed this question. Teacher, Moses gave us a law that if a man dies leaving a wife without children, his brother should marry the widow and have a child who will carry on the brother's name. Well, suppose there were seven brothers. The oldest one married and then died without children. So the second brother married the widow, but he also died without children. Then the third brother married her. This continued with all seven of them, and still there were no children. Last of all, the woman also died. So tell us, whose wife will she be in the resurrection? For all seven were married to her. 
Jesus replied, Your mistake is that you don't know the scriptures, and you don't know the power of God. For when the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. In this respect, they will be like the angels in heaven. But now, as to whether the dead will be raised, haven't you ever read about this in the writing of Moses, in the story, writings of Moses, in the story of the burning bush? Long after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had died, God said to Moses, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. So he is the God of the living, not the dead. You have made a serious error. One of the teachers of religious law was standing there listening to the debate. He realized that Jesus had answered well, so he asked, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? Jesus replied, The most important commandment is this, Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. The teacher of religious law replied, Well said, teacher, you have spoken the truth by saying that there is only one God and no other. And I know it is important to love him with all my heart and, un and all my understanding and all my strength and to love my neighbor as myself. This is more important than to offer all of the burnt offerings and sacrifices required in the law. Realizing how much the man understood, Jesus said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And after that, no one dared ask him any more questions. Later, as Jesus was teaching the people in the temple, he asked, Why do the teachers of religious law claim that the Messiah is the son of David? For David himself, speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said, The Lord said to the, my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand, and until I humble your enemies beneath, my feet, beneath your feet. Since David himself called the Messiah my Lord, how can the Messiah be his son? The large crowd listened to him with great delight. Jesus also taught, Beware of these teachers of religious law, for they like to parade around in flowing robes and receive respectful greetings as they walk in the marketplaces, and how they love the seats of honor in synagogues at the head table of ba at banquets, yet they shamelessly cheat widows out of their property and then pretend to be pious by making long prayers in public. Because of this, they will be more severely punished. Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor widow came and dropped in two small coins. Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all others who are making contributions. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. As Jesus was leaving the temple that day, one of his disciples said, Teacher, look at these magnificent buildings. Look at the impressive stones in the walls. Jesus replied, Yes, look at these great buildings, but they will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives across the valley from the temple. Peter, James, John, and Andrew came to him privately and asked him, Tell us, when will all this happen? What sign will show us that these things are about to be fulfilled? Jesus replied, Don't let anyone mislead you, for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many, and you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in many parts of the world as well as famines. But this is the, only the first of the birth pains with more to come. When these, things happen, begin, when these things begin to happen, watch out. You will be handed over to the local councils and beaten in the synagogues. You will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell them about me. For the good news must first be preached to all nations. But when you are arrested and stand trial, don't worry in advance about what to say. Just say what God tells you at that time, for it will not... For it is not you who will be speaking, but the Holy Spirit. A brother will betray his brother to death. A father will betray his own children. And children will rebel against their parents and cause them to be killed. And everyone will hate you because you're my followers. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. 
The day is coming when you will see the sacrilegious object that causes desecration standing where he should not be. Reader, pay attention. Then those in Judea must flee to the hills. A person out on the deck of the roof must not go down into the house to pack. A person out in the field must not return even to get a coat. How terrible it would be for pregnant women and for nursing mothers in those days. And pray that your flight will not be in the winter, for there will be greater anguish in those days than at any time since God created the world, and it will never be so great again. In fact, unless the Lord shortens that time of calamity, not a single person will survive. But for the sake of his chosen ones, he has shortened those days. Then if anyone tells you, look, here's the Messiah, or there he is, don't believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. Watch out. I have warned you about this ahead of time. At that time, after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will give no light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then everyone will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds with great power and glory, and he will send out his angels and gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth in heaven. Now learn a lesson from the fig tree. When its branches bud and its leaves begin to sprout, you you know that summer is near. In the same way, when you see all these things taking place, you know, you can know that its return is very near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will not pass from the scene before all these things take place. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. However, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. And since you don't know when that time will come, be on guard. Stay alert. The coming of man can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. When he left his home, he gave each of his slaves instructions about the work they were to do and told the gatekeeper to watch for his return. You too must keep watch, for you don't know when the master of the household will return, in the evening, at midnight, before dawn, or at daybreak. Don't let him find you sleeping when he arrives without warning. I say to you what I say to everyone, watch for him. And, and that, that is, is our, our reading today. today. Okay, and we read that with two questions in mind. What's this tell us about God, and what's this tell us about ourselves? So, Allison, what's this tell us about our um, Well, okay, I, I'm struggling because, you know, I'm not so good at this. But um, good at this. one of the things that stuck out to me is, uh, where did it go? Um where he said, where did it go? I'm sorry. There's so okay. much pressure. It, yeah, it's fine. Don't even worry about it. People are super understanding and kind. They are. They yeah. are. Um, They're cool. They are. They're I think cool it's what happened is I went way back too Okay, far. but what were you What were you thinking about? Maybe so it's the, it's the part where um, he says uh, about love. And he said, Jesus responded, um, you were close. Where is that? Oh, to yeah. The kingdom? That's on 283. Okay. Uh, teacher, or love is, teacher, you have spoken the truth, but okay. Love with all my heart and, it's my, and all my understanding and all my strength and to love my neighbor as myself. This is more important than to offer all of the burnt offerings and sacrifices required by the law. And realizing how much the man understood, Jesus said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. So, like, I guess that stuck out to me because I'm thinking about all the questions that they were throwing at him and how... Um, how complicated we can make things mm-hmm. um, as what does this tell us about us? We like, we do like to complicate things. And the, when he says here, um, I'm to love you with all my heart and all, and, and that is more important, all my strength and love my neighbor as myself. And this is more important than any offerings or sacrifices or anything required by the law. And 
this is Jesus said you're not far from the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. That that's not how he answered the other questions. No. Um, so I just feel like it's and and that's right after he went on to say this is the most important commandment. You know, um, I just think that as hum as humans we we. <laughs> We like to overcomplicate things. Yeah. Um, we like to have, like, what are our clear rules? What am I supposed to follow? <laughs> and then that way I can skillfully sidestep. <laughs> yeah, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can skillfully sidestep. I can make this. Uh, I can tweak this to, to be what I want it to be. And Jesus said, listen to me. Love me and love others. That's what I want from you. That is the number one thing mm-hmm. that I want. So I think... Um, uh, that what it tells us about us is <coughs> focus so, more on those two things sure. than anything else on loving God and loving other people. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. So there's three kinds of questions, generally speaking. There's rhetorical questions, which none of these are. There's questions of challenge. So you're saying this, but let me ask you a question. And then questions of discovery. This guy's asking a question of discovery because he want he. He saw the way Jesus responded, and he's like, I genuinely want to know. I think Jesus sees his heart, and that's why he gives this answer in such a gentle way. Because he, then, was a, he was a a teacher of the religion. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so, he was listening, and he, he realized Jesus had answered well. Mm-hmm. So he went into this with an open mind. and was like, I'm going to listen to these guys challenge Jesus. And then once Jesus answered well, he's like, okay. Now he's yeah. got some credibility. I'm going to ask him the question I really want the answer to, not to stump him, but because I really want the answer. Mm-hmm. And so he asks the question that he wants the answer to, and he gets his answer. He gets his answer, which is the answer that we would all like to have, yeah, right? Yeah, And so, he, yeah, he reiterates, and Jesus is like, you're so close to the kingdom of God. Mm. You're there. So I love that, too. That's cool. Keep the main thing the main thing. Okay, so what does this tell us about God? Man, uh, the Olivet Discourse, right? This um, conversation about the end times that happens on the Mount of Olives. What a powerful thing. And we see it in Matthew, too. Um, in Matthew chapter 24, um, it is a big deal. But, you know, I look around the world today and um, we've got nation going to war with nation and we've got earthquakes and we've got <clears throat> all these uh, natural disasters and things like that and tsunamis and all kinds of craziness and violence is everywhere. And it's like it, it was in the days of Noah, which I think Jesus says in the Matthew version of this. And, um Man, uh, and it's the beginning of the labor pains, right? And so uh, anyone who's either gone into labor or has been with somebody going into labor, those labor pains get closer together and then birth comes, right? So like um, I have often wondered if the events will actually get closer together or if we'll just know about them more and more because information is so readily available, right? And I think I said recently that (laughs) – if if we lived 200 years ago and this war with Israel and Hamas was happening, we wouldn't even know it yet, mm-hmm. right? So, like, but we know about that war and the Ukrainian war and, right. you know, these revolutions that are taking place in Africa. And, and that everything you know, that happens day to day. Yeah, we know yeah. about all the atrocities around the world because information is so incredibly available to us that maybe that's what it means by the labor pains being closer together. I also uh, wanted to say something else. So... Um, this generation won't pass, right? I was going to ask you about uh, that. Yeah, so, but then right after that, he says, I don't know when it's going to happen. Right. So, interesting. Um, so, we have to interpret those statements in light of each other. The generation Jesus is talking about is the church, the oh. church age, 
Um, basically, when people say the end of days um, in the New Testament, like these are the end of days, these are the last days, um, what we know is that means that God has no other plan in between now and the end, right? So this is it, and the next thing is the very end. Uh, so that's one thing that we know. And then I wanted to mention, because we talked about faith and doubt and all that stuff, and in this, um, Jesus said, you know, uh, have no doubt in your heart. And I think that is the key. Yes, again, you know, I don't think that that contradicts what we said about faith and doubt the other day. I think this is why we ask for what that guy was asking for. I don't want any doubt. God, help me with that doubt. Um, and so I can ask for anything and I can receive it. So I just want to say that before that sounded contradictory to what Jesus was saying there too. So I don't know. Uh, it says a lot of things, but I love that all of it discourse. I love that the next thing is the end. I love that we see today the labor pains are getting closer together and um, something beautiful comes from it, right? Mm -hmm. Just like labor pains are horrible and intense and awful and nobody wants to go through it. And we are looking at a time in history that is worse than any other time in history. Um, when 2020 happened, people were like, yeah, 2020 is the worst year ever. And then other people were like, yeah, well, try living in 1913 when in, like a billion things happen. <laughs> and I'm like, you guys, there's going to be seven straight years of the worst year ever. Like it's on its way. Like the worst of the worst things are coming in the tribulation and in the great tribulation, those second three and a half years. So, uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. There is a bunch of information. Do with that what you want. There's a yeah. whole bunch of stuff. But I just love talking about the end times because labor is painful and awful, but fr from it, something beautiful comes. You know, Hannah's labor with Micah was intense and horrible, but then there was Micah. Right. You know, so mm -hmm. I think that that is what we're looking at. Mm -hmm. And we'll read all of this again when we get to Matthew as well. So. Awesome. Yeah. Well. That's good stuff. Yeah. Thank you guys very much yeah, for listening today. Mm -hmm. And Allison, truly, thank you for joining me for these past, I think it's been like 10 days you've been on here now. I don't know. Something it's been a like while. that. Yeah, it's, it's been, been a long one. Yeah, uh, no. Long run, and Chip was missed. And he was missed. There's a solid chance that I won't be here tomorrow. So, yeah. Yeah, I think you probably should should not. Well, we'll see. I mean, I, mean, I never really should, but. No, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, probably should never. I mean, as far as recovery is concerned, I think you probably should. Yeah, we'll see. Should should it's not. It's It'll not. be Chip and Eric read through the Bible while Eric takes pain meds. Yeah. The biggest problem with that is not that I'd be loopy and out of my mind. It's that they give me hiccups. And so if I hiccup through the Bible, people will get super annoyed. This That is very true. And I would be annoyed by that. That would be super annoying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, anyway. All right. We are proud of you guys. We're yes. almost at the end. Oh, uh, my goodness. It's so cool. And... The Chip and Eric before and or after and before party is coming up. Yes. It's going to be awesome yes. and super cool. And we want everyone to come to it. Yes. We want you and to fly in. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do it. No drive. No, I was going to say don't go where you were about to go. What? Allison said. No. You're here. You're oh, able to so, actively oh, deny it. Oh, I see. I yeah. see. Yeah. Do you, <laughs> I, I'm able to deny it to other people. No. When I'm not here, yeah. I'm sitting at home rolling my eyes listening. Oh, yeah, and we all see that. Out of sight, out of mind, right? No, but we can all picture it. <laughs> if you've met Allison, you know what it is to have her roll her eyes. Yep. That's well, and Eric. Eric knows because he sees it a lot. Anyway. Okay. I do. Happy, happy uh, weekend. Happy December. 
coming up tomorrow. Yep. Happy December. That's a normal thing that people say.